Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 87, and today we'll be talking about the two-parter Super Watermelon Island and Gem Drill. I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. So uh, they, they definitely started into deep off hype, don't you think? Um, I think I can confidently say that there would have been much, much more hype if it weren't for the entire battle with Malachite leaked. <laughs> Thank you, Cartoon Network UK. Yeah. Actually, no, that's that's a lie. They did not leak the entire battle. The little part with their Ewok hang gliders and then punching Malachite in the eye was cut from the clip that the UK put up. Wow, I feel like that added so much to the final viewing. I know, so much suspense, right? But, but I do think that what we did get that the leaks haven't spoiled for us was very satisfying. Like, the whole, like, gems, like, saying goodbye to Watermelon Steven and confirmation that Jasper, like, you know, face-planted into hell and all that kind of stuff, that was, um... That was new, and that was very exciting to see. Oh, you know what else was new about the fight? In the leaked clip, we didn't get to see Alexandra use her fire breath. We didn't, you're right. So that was that was something else we got. But yeah, I liked the I liked the nice calm look at Watermelon Village that we got yes. early on. Oh. They answered your question about where watermelon babies come from. They come from a melon patch, obviously. And I love how they're just given to adult melons. But uh, this, oh my god, the little watermelon community was kind of adorable. It was a little bit like a video game and how it was presented, but I loved their watermelon Jesus, which was baby melon. And I love how they choose who to sacrifice to Malachite via nose goes. That even the dog participated, and that was... So what is Nose Goes? Okay, do you not know what Nose Goes is? Um, maybe I've forgotten. Okay, so, um, I guess for the viewers that don't know either, Nose Goes is, like, a game that uh, groups of people will usually play. It's kind of like an immature game, like the Not It, but instead of saying Not It, you just put your finger on your nose, and the last person to realize that they're playing Nose Goes has to do the thing. And Uh, so... In this one, they all gather around the watermelon Jesus for the uh, daily or weekly or whatever sacrifice. And it's like, okay, they decide who's going to be sacrificed by the last person to put their finger on their nose. Okay, that that makes more sense than what I thought. I thought they were all volunteering and then she picked Stephen for whatever reason. No, they were, <laughs> they were all trying to get out of it. Even the dog knew. That was great. They were all saying not it. Oh my god, speaking of the dog, the little watermelon butthole Uh, i I love how he rolls around yes i love and i love the watermelons how they make little watermelon sound effects like they kind of squeak when they move their limbs and they make like hollow like broom sounds like it sounds like someone was just like slapping a watermelon next to a microphone by these sound effects and it i i really appreciated that their sound guys probably did have some fun at the watermelon store Yes, and like the big splattery sound when they explode. <laughs> and how they explode, not into like limbs and torsos and stuff, they explode into cute triangular little watermelon slices. Yeah, ready to eat. Yes, just... <laughs> I mean, Malachite was just trying to hold a picnic. She was just having a friendly wrestle with Alexandrite is all. And I just, I love how brutal and just 
like, savage the writers are with these poor melons. And I like how they go as far to personify these melons as having, like, like, they have, like, the, the, the businessman melon and his wife, the hula hoopa lemon and, mel- lemon, <laughs> melon, and you have, like, the shaman and the babies, and they, they're really, like, so... And the hacky sack players. Yeah, there's so One much of, like, like personification. Direct control. Yeah, and like these these melons are considered so like alive, and yet they're still slaughtered by malachite in really gruesome ways. And I just, I kind of like it, and I'm kind of terrified at the same time. Well, you know, Ewoks can only get the element of surprise. <laughs> Ewoks can never win the victory themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you you did get the impression that this was a routine sacrifice. I mean, they have a gong set up for it and everything. Yeah, yeah, so. and how they're teaching the melon guy to make the whole offering himself pose. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think you know? You think Stephen watches a lot of movies, right? <laughs> You'd think he would know that if the isolated tribal society wants to, you know, dress you up nice and carry you somewhere, that maybe that's not a good thing. You'd think he'd know that by now. I mean, I guess he thought he was safe because there's no volcano on the island. <laughs> I think, like, one thing is that Stephen has a very trusting and forgiving nature that he would never suspect the watermelons that he created to sacrifice one of their own to the sea monster. <laughs> and um, second, the watermelons don't communicate with each other that much. Like, they can make, like, the wah-wah noises... But they're, it's not, like, they don't really use it, like, as much as, like, people, like, communicate. Yeah, Stephen's the only one who gives an inspirational speech. Yes. And, um, and I'd like to th- wonder, like, what started the sacrifices? Like, has Malachi just been sitting at the edge of the cliff, like, just smashing any, like, watermelons that stand there with their face? Or, like, just eating them? Or have they just been sacrificing melons just because, and then Malachite showed up, and then now they had a reason? Well, I think it makes sense, because the only reason Malachite's going to be at the surface is because Jasper's kind of dominant at the moment, right? So Jasper really hates Stephen. So offering up a watermelon Stephen to her kind of placates her, her need for revenge, and allows Lapis to take control again and submerge her again, so stops the earthquakes. So I can see why it would work. You can make arguments. Uh, I don't know, GC. I don't know. I don't know why any society feels it necessary to commit ritual sacrifice. Who knows? Who knows? Well, hmm, something that I just thought of. The corpses of the dead melons, their seeds, can be used to make more melons. Hmm. I mean, each melon has a lot of seeds, so I don't True. think they're hurting for those. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Oh, we were talking. You were, you were mentioning things you liked about the village. What really sticks out to me are their little watermelon hens that just bob back and forth. Yes. Over and over. Oh my god, I love. You the mentioned little... video gamey, and it just seems so, something like you would see in a old style video game where. Sprites were at a premium, and so they only had a couple, a few sprites to animate the chickens. Yeah, it, it feels kind of like a little bit of a Legend of Zelda game, which a lot of the music that Steven has, like the watermelon, like, chiptune music, like, sounds like a Legend of Zelda game. It sounds like you're, like, in a little village, and 
Like, I would not be surprised to be in a Legend of Zelda game and I'm, like, doing quests for little watermelon people. But, of course, if it were a Zelda game, we all know that those watermelon chickens would have saved the day. Oh my god, imagine, like, Link. He he could just slaughter the melons and they'd explode into a bunch of little melon pieces. (laughs) Uh, Very gruesome, but that was... I want to say that's the most intense fight we've got in the series. I know Garnet versus Jasper was pretty intense too, but I think Alexandrite versus Malachite tops it. Yeah, I mean, like, they are uh, several hundred times the size. They're just these huge, what, abominations, as Malachite calls it. (laughs) And 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 it's like, not only is it, like, impressive on, like, a size scale, but we have more elements to use in the battle because the fusions have both their own the abilities of the gems that make up the fusion and the combined abilities of both yep and i mean i don't know where that fire breath comes from if that's ruby's contribution or what but it looks cool some people have theorized that like amethyst like she has a quartz ability of using fire something like that because Mm -hmm. when you see jasper do the uh the spin attack she has like this like, fiery column of energy following her like a comet, and Amethyst with her flame whips, which is what they're officially called. And so, I don't know. So, it's a very important question. If Lapis is the water witch, what is Malachite? Is she the, is she the water demon? You know, water she's, Cthulhu. If you have to be, if she has to be placated with sacrifices? Ugh. I don't know. I mean, because Greg's going to need a follow-up to Water Witch sooner or later. And I'm just holding up for hope that Jasper does kind of, you know, join the team's orbit at some point. Because he needs inspiration for his next album, you know? The Sea Colossus. Hmm. There can be a time travel episode where it's revealed that Malachite destroyed Ocean Town. Oh my gosh. There was this one adorable little comic uh, that someone made of after Steven wakes up, what the crystal gems are doing, because now they have a passed out Lapis and Jasper and all these melons on the beach and, like, the earth is falling apart. And it was, like, this cute little thing where now the crystal gems are occupying their time trying to save all the little melons. And I think, <laughs> and it was like, we can't just, and Amethyst said something like, we can't just leave them, and Garnet was like, it's what Steven would do. And that is adorable to me. That is absolutely precious. Yeah. And then how did they get to the next nearest warp tab? Did they, like, swim? Yeah, most likely. I mean, it's <laughs> not like they have to keep Lapis's head above water. They could have walked there. It took them several hours. You figure two hours down and at least as long back, probably longer. So. To the nearest warp pad, and then you just see them, like... They could have just gone underwater, filled their body cavities with water, and walked to the nearest warp pad. Well, yes, but when you're walking on the floor of the ocean, like, the fluid friction of the water makes you go a lot slower. Yeah, but they're really strong, so the issue would be how much push they can get against that sand. Hmm, maybe they could have, like, done a clever little thing with their weapons where, like, Amethyst shapeshifts into a boat. I'm thinking, like, the Incredibles here. Hmm. I mean, she shapeshifts into a helicopter, so shapeshifting into a raft isn't going to be a problem. Yeah, so I'm thinking like The Incredibles, where she stretches into a raft and then someone is like doing some sort of something to power it. Yeah, Dash just runs on the water. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking like Pearl just like sticks her spear in the water and does just like a continuous energy blast or something. I don't know. I don't know how it would work. 
Amethyst could make the motor herself. She made a working helicopter rotor. She and did. She could just be the whole, the whole boat. <laughs> Although I imagine that would just exhaust her. I guess Garnet would have to take the slack. Yeah. She was able to come up with the new mean nickname for Peridot while being the helicopter, so must not be too exhausting. What was that again? Uh, Paris not. Paris not. <laughs> Classic oh Amethyst. And um, I find it really funny that the second that the Crystal Gems heard of Malachite, they're like, this needs to be handled immediately. Well, they only, they only have so much time in the episode, remember? They were they were pretty rushed. No, but I'm thinking, like, at that exact moment, they also had to drill into the ground. Like, the cluster's emerging, this needs to be handled immediately, and the Crystal Gems are like, no, Malachite. No, they they mistakenly believed that Malachite was the reason they could feel the tremors from that far away. Uh, Steven realized he was wrong at the end of the episode. I don't think he... No, I think... I, no, because Peridot was urging them to drill... Yeah, Peridot's saying it's the cluster, and Steven's like, oh, hey, it's actually Malachite, because, you know, she was causing some shakes on Mask Island. I don't think I interpreted it like that. I interpreted it as Steven... He's like, oh, by the way, Malachite. But I, no. I'm like... Assuming that the gems did know that the cluster was about to emerge. Like, I find it interesting that Malachite leveling a watermelon town was put in priority over the entire Earth being destroyed. Because I think I think they thought it was Malachite, not the cluster. Then they realized they were wrong. I don't know. So this this does get us into gem drill. I, I like Peridot's liar! <laughs> oh my god, that... I feel that situation of, like... You tell me something encouraging, and then he says the encouraging thing, and he's like, I don't believe you. That's, I feel that. I feel like that really <laughs> speaks to me. Is it saying that I'm going to kick your butt twice as hard? <laughs> I loved Peridot in Gemdrill. I, like, she was so adorable and touching, and I just, it, like, how she was, how she gave us little tidbits about Homeworld, about how she was made and like the process of what it felt like and like and like her like whole opinion of the whole thing where it's like i still miss home but now i have you guys and she was so <laughs> precious you're really not wanting to say that but mm -hmm. eh. and she does like the little mouth thing where she's like it's oh. and did you notice that her reflection in the um the drill screen did you see that I saw the tear in the reflection, but well, the they reflection showed her wiping it away. There was this one shot that, like, the expression of it reminded me a lot of Peridot, like before Redemption, like when she still had her limb enhancers, and how she like looked down with a stern expression. Ah, and like I don't know. To me, that m probably might have been intentional by the writers, but to me, I really felt like that was like a kind of a parallel of who she was before. I don't know. I really liked it, though. It was really I liked cute. I liked Peridot before. I like her now. I just like Peridot. I know. I love Peridot. Oh. The billions of other life forms that matter far, far less to me. <laughs> I'm going to say this now because Ken's not here to rain on everyone's parade, but I felt like the bubbling of the cluster was a little underwhelming. Mm. I think they build up to it pretty well. I think they played it pretty well but it is kind of uh hitting a snoo hitting the snooze button yeah. on that plot line i get the feeling that the cluster is going to come back 
No, it's not like so much that. I just felt like it was too easy to bubble the cluster. Well, in 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 the in their defense, they did write it as the cluster helping Steven bubble it. True. And honestly, if they had dedicated another 10 or 20 seconds just to Steven struggling to bubble the cluster and like really like going through a lot, maybe not quite 20 seconds, like a good 10 seconds of just that difficulty i would have felt completely satisfied i would have felt like okay that i felt like he put enough effort because that is the cluster it is made of billions of gem shards it's huge i don't know i think they i think they really sold it as a kind of a swelling empowering moment i I don't think it was supposed to be a struggle it's it's more of a by your friendship combined kind of a moment I think the by your friendship combined could have been extended a little farther to really catch the magnitude. I don't know. I, I liked the the shot they had of Steven's face while, while he was doing it. Yes. And um, this does bring up the question, like, can gems bubble themselves or each other? Like, we saw Garnet bubble Steven. So that does bring up the question that you can technically bubble anything. Yeah, he bubbled a bag of chips in the same episode. Yeah, he bubbled a bag of chips. Garnet bubbled Steven. And Garnet also bubbled the uh, little enclosure for the Heaven and Earth Beetles. <laughs> yeah, their little terrarium. So yeah, it's obviously not a power that's made spe- or that's made only for poof gems that need to be contained. Like they're, they're, yeah, it, it, do- it doesn't use the power of the gem to power the bubble itself. The, the power the, for the bubble comes from somewhere else. Yeah. And so, can a gem, not just a poof gem, but a cracked gem, be able to still use that bubble power? Apparently a gem shard is still powerful enough to do it, if it has the mind to. And, hmm, I liked Steven's whole conversation with the the cluster. Want to. Need to. Yeah, I, I feel like it was done very well in the whole kind of, like, they're making it very obvious to the audience that what is happening right here isn't literal. Like, Steven is in the mind of this cluster, and what the audience is seeing is just a representation of what's going on. Like, Steven is really just feeling the emotions of all these billions of gem shards. He's already done it before with Lapis in Chilatid. Yeah, and I think that's... Yeah, And and it looks the same as it does... With, you know, Malachite and Jasper and that whole, like, weird watery plane. Like, it's kind of the same. It's not literal. It's like a metaphorical representation. And it does explain why Steven had a headache. Well, like, as they were. Because it was just, it was all in his head. Like, he never teleported down into the cluster. Like, he just had a sort of, like, telepathic communication with it. I think his initial headache was he was feeling the pain of the cluster as yeah. Peridot was killing hundreds of gem shards a second. Yeah, and it's like that that's kind of essentially what his communication with the cluster was, just on a deeper and more complex level. Like, he was not only feeling their pain, but he was feeling their confusion and their desire to form, but also their desire to not destroy the Earth and to just have company i think in the i think at the beginning they did want to form but they were having difficulty because of how big they were yes he convinced them you know if if you guys form 
all your gem shards are gonna go away, so forming doesn't solve anything. Let me solve your problem another way. And they liked that, they, they thought that solution worked, but something, something about the nature of either being a gem or about the way they were fused together compels them to form against their own wishes. Yeah, and I think, like, they didn't understand what forming meant. They had no idea where they were, and I don't think they really understood how big they were. Probably not. I mean, they're gem shards. They don't seem to understand a whole lot. They, they talk in sentence fragments. They have a very basic understanding. They use simple simple sentences. Yeah, it's like, like a partial consciousness. <laughs> Yeah, and I I don't know, like, I went from, you know, thinking of the clusters like some gross abomination that needs to just be, like, destroyed into, like, having a lot of sympathy for it. Like, each and every one of those gems has life. It kind of is a, kind of is a gross abomination. Yeah. It's not its, it's not its fault. Yeah, it's, like, not an abomination in itself. It's, like, what was done to those gems was an abomination. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't know, like, that does bring up the question, since the goal of the physical forms of shattered gems is to find the rest of their gem to become whole, what can that happen? Can two pieces of the same gem be healed back together? Steven might be able to do it, but I want to say that normally it would just be an instinctual desire that it is impossible for them to fulfill. Hmm. It would be kind of funny to see a bunch of the forced fusions come out and fight Yellow Diamond, though. <laughs> yeah, and I, like, I feel like gems, like, even broken gems will feel like comfort in the companionship of, like, the rest of that gem. Even if it can't be fully, like, healed back together. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. It's interesting. Like the whole instincts of gems as a whole, like they were made to fulfill a purpose, but they they were made way more complex than a lot of these purposes required. Like, oh, you made this gem so it could like hold your stuff for you. Yeah, hold your stuff for you or look pretty or to to build like a base or to to pilot a ship, like you don't really need a fully sentient feeling being to do that for you like we humans have a, like computers that will fly our planes like much better than people will and those computers don't feel those computers don't like they're only programmed to want to do the things that we make them to do so yeah, i'm not sure to what extent the gems were actually designed for a purpose like pearl is a pearl Pearl has a weapon, even though pearls are made to be servants. I have no idea why you would give a servant a weapon unless you were unable to not give her a weapon. Ooh, that's a- that's- hmm. So I'm thinking, like, it doesn't matter what- who is making that gem. If you put, like, a certain gem in the ground with all the materials it needs to exist, it's gonna pop up as that gem, and you're like, okay, well, this is a big, burly, like- aggressive gem i'm gonna make it fight in war or like this is a very pristine and you know slender pretty looking gem i'm gonna make it like do different things and so i think that that actually might make more sense i don't know hmm. 
So when Steven and Peridot were drilling down, did, did you get the feeling that they spent a long time on the journey? Because I, I didn't get a feeling of a long journey at all. Me neither. He was like, oh, it's two hours to the cluster, and that went by in seconds. Yeah, and they, I felt they like said it. it was two hours, but I didn't see anywhere in there where it felt like they had been sitting there for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. you see Peridot's little indicator says they're halfway through, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think that's just because they didn't have time to give a sensation of time passage, because they, they had to cram a lot in there. Like, Peridot's little bit about the gem shards searching for the rest of their gem was important, because if Steven hadn't heard that, he probably wouldn't have been able to solve the cluster issue, at least not as readily. Yeah, yeah, that's very... And I think, like, that makes their reason for existing so much sadder. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, how... Like, they don't want to hurt anything, like, they're not instinctively trying to kill all gems... They just want to find the rest of themselves. And that's so just awful. And it just makes the whole concept of the cluster and the cluster experiments just even more horrible than it already is. Yeah, it makes Yellow Diamond out to be pretty nasty. If there's going to be one person in the series he can't befriend, and that is an open question at this point, then it's going to be Yellow Diamond. Hmm. But I do think that since we're talking about the journey down... A lot of our fans are going to be sad if we do not mention the Nintendo 64 yeah. <laughs> controller and Peridot's little joke about... Using the D-pad. Yeah. Because it, it is kind of unintuitive. You have two different ways to hold the controller depending on the controls of the game. But that was that was a, a funny little reference. Like, that's a Nintendo 64 controller and the whole use the D-pad thing. I felt... <laughs> I felt like that was very much like a call to a lot of the viewers of the fandom who yeah. grew up in the Nintendo 64 days. I just like Peridot's, you know, never, she never leaves home without a blast cannon. <laughs> and I like how she specifically mentions that Pearl didn't want it. And she's like, I'm going to put it anyway. And that was... <laughs> what does Pearl know? <laughs> I mean, Peridot did have the better combat mech, so... Well... Better maybe for yeah maybe yeah better combat mech. She didn't actually no she did put she put missiles on her combat mech. I mean the thing was the thing was sturdy and strong. Pearls was very maneuverable, but not not so much for forcing an enemy to yield territory. Mm-hmm. You know if Peridot can get into close quarters, you know Pearl either has to leave or get thrashed. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like in a war like the light maneuverable ones are very very useful but to you know one-on-one yeah pearl would be a scout not a combatant with that kind of a mech Mm -hmm. but yeah I, i thought this was a really good start to the event i'm really glad that the next three episodes are going to be weekly i kind of wish that they had split these two up yeah, so it would have been a five-week event rather than four-week, but since mm, no. you know, since Gem Trill starts right as Super Watermelon Island is ending, I see why they wanted it to be a two-parter because it's just like the, the yeah. return and jailbreak or mirror gem and ocean gem. So yeah, like they sense. they had to happen consecutively. Like there is no like to to uh, imagine how miserable 
everyone would have been trying to wait a week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But like I said, I just I just love the weekly format. I'm super excited to be back to it. Mm-hmm. So we got three more weeks of this. Up next is Same Old World, which uh, <laughs> uh, looks like they're going for a bit of an Aladdin reference with that title oh. based on what we've seen happens happening in it are we gonna be talking about the little promotion they did um nah we get we gotta leave gotta gotta leave something to it but i will say this i think the title's an aladdin reference uh yeah i very strongly think that yeah yeah oh my god and it's i can't say anything i can't say anything i can't it's it's good (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like this episode brought up a lot of questions like I was thinking of Lapis, like, gems can now pass out. Like, they can be defeated, but not necessarily poofed. And so, like, their physical forms would be still present, but they're just, like, they're out. They're they're out of it. Unconscious. Yeah, well, it's just, like, after Sugalite, Sugalite was only around for a day and managed to make Garnet and Amethyst really sore. Yeah. How long have Jasper and Lapis been struggling as Malachite? Months and months and months. So, and and it wasn't just like they're fusing, like they were fighting yeah, they each were other, battling each other constantly every step of the way. I I was actually impressed that Jasper won out in the end. I mean, nothing says elite soldier like having that kind of willpower. Well, yeah, and I imagine, like, Lapis would have had to be paying 100% of attention the entire time versus Jasper, like, it didn't matter. Like, she could have rested and Lapis would have still been having to, like, keep her in that chokehold because she couldn't, like, spare a moment, but Jasper could, like, take it at whatever pace she wanted, so. Well, I don't know. In the Enchility, Jasper looked like being under wasn't such a picnic, not such a (laughs) restful experience. So I think they were both fighting each other the whole way. Yeah, you do have a point there. And for Jasper to endure months of that, win, and then be able to fight a battle. Quite well, actually. She Malachite and Alexandrite were pretty well matched. Well, I think like when one part of a fusion takes control of a fusion, so one gem takes over, like the other gem that was that is no longer controlling it still is contributing to the fusion. Yeah, I think Lapis was helping. Yeah, Lapis was helping because, like, Malachite as a whole was now aligned with Jasper's intentions, and Lapis had no choice but to follow that. Oh, no, she's like, okay, I see these crystal gems, so I don't like either, and I'm very... Her willpower was exhausted. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll find out in the later episode from Lapis just how involved she was there, might not get mentioned again, though. Mm-hmm. And, like, when she, I was thinking, like, when the two gems were unconscious, like, were they dreaming? Hmm. Don't know. Because, hmm. They just need a break. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. <sighs> but I guess that's all for this week. Next week, we will be talking about Same Old World. It'll be new. Uh, until then, I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everyone. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.